child, you will die someday, sometime. Heart failure at the bank, choke on a mint, some long drawn out disease you contracted on vacation, you will die. Even if you avoid this death, another will find you. And I guarantee that it won't be nearly as poetic or meaningful as what she's written. I'm sorry, but it's, it's the nature of all tragedies, Harold. The hero dies, but the story goes on forever. Welcome to Narratively Speaking, the podcast that explores the power of story in all its forms, its role in society, and how it helps to shape the ideas we think we believe in. I'm your work in progress host, Harv, and today I have another guest in studio. It's becoming a bit of a thing. Adam Kochi is host of the Podcast and Non Grata podcast, which got my attention when he did an entire episode in the style of an elaborate old-fashioned radio hour program. And not only that, he performed the entire thing in character as an elderly gentleman called Gerald Twint. And it reminded me somewhat of a much better done version of what I was doing on Popcorn Lobotomy with the character of Reginald Goodstock. So I reached out to Adam and we kind of uh, just got interested in each other's stuff at that point. And yes, it was kind of all about me because I saw myself in what Adam was doing. Um, but Adam did it so well that uh, I sort of got hooked on the podcast and I'm still wanting more because his back catalogue is not published anywhere. <laughs> um, but anyway, welcome to Narratively Speaking, Adam. Is this kind of surreal or what? It is. a little. It's been yeah. a long time since I've uh, spoken into a microphone, either my own or anybody else's for that matter. So let me just say, this is the sound of my voice. Sorry, mm. wrong podcast. Damn it. It's so weird because it feels like I'm listening to your podcast right now. Does it? And I don't feel an obligation to interact at all. I reckon your podcast is so much better produced than mine, even though I do my best uh, in terms of sound quality and uh, yeah, but trickiness. I don't, I don't do the the sound effects and uh, musical stuff. You, I don't know if you realize how musical your podcast is, even just in, in rhythm and the lyric lyricism of how you speak. And that kind of stuff. But you also put in the musical touches as well and the sound effects. That I do. And knowing that you're actually a musician doesn't surprise me at all because it comes across in the podcast. Do you well, do that deliberately? Uh, I do. Now, Now my podcast, uh, as you said, podcast non grata, came about a very different way. It started out as basically a creative outlet for me where I just tell stories. And that was the, I guess, the whole fundamental idea of it because I had nothing else really going on. Uh, artistically. And even way back then, five or so years ago, I did throw in the odd sound effect and maybe a bit of music. It's been so long since I've heard those episodes. It was a very different beast. It was so was so crudely put together. I was learning my craft. And if I listen back to those episodes, I kind of get a little antsy feeling in my stomach. It's like not indigestion. It just it was just so, how did I ever do that? Anyway, as I got better at sort of editing things and writing things because I'm, I guess, uh, at heart, strangely enough, I guess I'm some sort of writer. I was, I probably should have been a writer. Mm. I like to Strange you say that. I, I started out wanting to be <laughs> Stephen King basically. Yeah. yeah. We're from the same era, that's for sure. I mean, we for have sure. the same uh, comedic influences apparently with the, uh, you know, um, when I put that comment up, you seem to respond to, you know, Max Gillies and John Clark and Late Show stuff, you know, uh, all those types of things. Should so, we explain that or? Yeah. Well, you have a go at it. Okay. Basically <laughs> you. International uh, audience. Harvey was nice enough and I'm I'm getting goosebumps actually just thinking about this. Well, the aircon's hitting us too. Yeah. But even even if it wasn't, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting a little bit, I'm so hesitant to talk about when people are praising me because I, it's just a fundamental. Well, keep in mind, it was, it was both praise. It was genuine praise, but it was also a test to see if you would respond to those particular names because it felt like they would be your influences. And 
Yeah, I'm sure that there are many more which I really course, don't want to bore yeah. everybody with. But yeah, you pretty much hit the big ones on the head. Max Gillies, I remember Max Gillies from when I was a kid in the Max Gillies report. There was Max Gillies. There was the Late Show, which was a little later on in the what early nineties. Did you know I was in the audience for the final episode of The Late Show? Get out of here, really? Mm -hmm. And I was audible. So I deliberately threw out a girlish giggle at a silent moment so that when we watched it back, I could hear myself. And I knew there was a shotgun mic hanging from the, the ceiling in the auditorium. So I bought the DVD of it to listen to myself back. Evidently, they didn't have rights to the song oh, okay. that played live when we watched it oh. and when I threw out my... Laugh, and they've replaced the whole thing with a different audio. song. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah, so I'm not in the DVD. <laughs> so, <laughs> but so I was there. But you were there. Okay. Yeah. Back back in the back in the nineties, we could <laughs> we could VHS things. We could record them and for later use. They call it time shifting now. And I'll stop doing that voice. No, please. It's, keep it's going. a terrible strain on my uvula. <laughs> it's really hard voice to do. But Is it really? That's interesting. It can be, yeah, it, because I'm not a trained vocal practitioner of any. Uh, stripe, so yeah. I have to. Um, Won't surprise you to know that I'm not either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but you've got a lovely mellifluous voice that just that- flows like honey. Yeah, and well, mine is really nasal and terrible. You so. should try being in my head and hearing it from my <laughs> perspective at some point. It's actually been a limiting factor of my entire life that I believed my voice was annoying, and that I could never do anything that was voice related. No, I, and, I don't know. You know that includes acting, voice work, anything like that. Singing, it was all off the table. And that's why I've tried to do all of it uh, since I sort of got to the point and realized if you stop learning, you're dead. So yeah. um, you've got to do the things that scare you, right? <laughs> but then I listen to your podcast, which in a lot of ways embraces the ramble, right? It's 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 like <laughs> what mostly- What are you trying to say? Well, it's, it's like- it's mostly waffle, but it's the kind of waffle that you want to listen to. I, well, I hope so. But you yeah. remember my podcast is pieced together like some sort of uh, quilt- and it's highly edited and I cut a lot out. I can't really do it any other way. I don't have a setup like you have here with all this wizard technological <laughs> business. But again, you'll see so you'll need to keep me on track because when I do my podcast, I can well, I can waffle. Well, I can I, waffle with the best of but them. But as I say, it's 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 the good kind of waffle. It's the kind of waffle that uh, you know your grandfather telling you a story or something like that, right? Where yeah. where it's it's waffle. You know you probably don't necessarily need to know the end of the story, but you're still riveted by it because of the voice and the pacing and the you know his enthusiasm I've in the story. I've never thought the way I speak is particularly interesting. The way I the my modes of speech, the the sort of inbuilt rhythm or. What, I've never thought that's particularly interesting. So it is I, for me. I really like your voice. I don't. I, I don't mean to sort of. I hear my voice sound. so much when I do them, though. You got to remember that. So I'm. Yeah. I'm so sick of hearing myself. <laughs> yeah. Really. Not to mention the forty years that you heard your voice before yeah, you started the podcast. That's right. Con, you know, pretty talking much continuously. Myself, talking to myself in my car, or talking to myself while waiting for the school bus, or I'm really. Do you talk to yourself? I do. Mm, that's interesting. Even not in the in the uh, medium of doing a podcast, I talk to myself fairly often, like driving home from work. Even though I might have something on the radio or on the stereo, I'll still when be talking to myself. When you're taking a piss, are you like, "Come on, you've got this"? Sometimes, you've got this. when I'm drunk, <laughs> absolutely. When I when I'm absolutely trolleyed, yeah, I will talk. <laughs> I, don't to, I don't know necessarily to my penis, but I will. Well, there's no one else there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's more a thing of. Well, if you've ever been really, really blotto mm, and trying to, trying to do your business in the in the urinal, it's almost a um, keeping yourself awake thing. Yeah. Because when I get really drunk, I get sleepy. Yeah, me too. And uh, drink responsibly, kids. Yeah, I'm not not advocating <laughs> yeah, it. Not not promoting it, not denying it, not advocating it in any way. But it's going to happen. Be careful. The stories we tell about alcohol addiction is a pending <laughs> episode. One I haven't Good. had the courage to tackle yet. Nice. <laughs> I just want to live long enough to be a burden to my kids, I suppose. That's that's probably all I want in I some just, way. I just want to live long enough to see, you know, the earth revealed as flat and then oh. I'll be happy and then that'll be enough. You know, I don't think it'll take that long. <laughs> Disclosure is happening, man. <laughs> Look, do we need to sort of explain, get behind the curtain and peel it away a little bit? Why not? Why we not? were talking about this uh, for quite a good deal of time before mm. uh, we switched on any sort of recording device. For, for an introductory chat between you and I, it was... It was amazingly because it was a couple of hours. Mm. So, 
I, didn't we solve all of society's problems? We solved problems, everything. Pretty much? We yeah. pretty much ended world hunger, That's gender right. identity, uh, yeah. gender politics, anything you can name. We fixed it. We people. fixed it all. And then no one's ever going to hear it. No, and I've forgotten all those answers too. Should I know they were correct in the moment, but now that I think about it, it's gone. It slipped I away. Think, uh, I solved all my neuroses as a parent, husband, and father, and a podcaster and musician. Solved all of that. Hmm. It's amazing. We should have done this earlier. Yeah, I know. It was good. Very <laughs> therapeutic. Um, I, I'm going to bill you by the hour next okay, time fine. because, right. uh, you know, it is quite time consuming. But um, I wanted to talk about being in character because that was the thing that made me discover your podcast in, in the first place. I actually don't know why. I can't even remember why I initially uh, listened to it. I was wondering. The first time or how I got hooked up with it. I, I don't remember, but I just remember as soon as I heard it, I was like, this is like the best thing I've ever heard. Was it was that, just amazing. Sorry, I'm sorry to butt in. Was that one the first you'd heard, or that was the first one I ever Gerald heard? Twint the Gerald one? Twint one, wow. which is which I now know is a non-typical episode. Um, but I, you know, I hope you do another. I know you say there's a, there's a part two in the plans, works. So plans are definitely in the works for a second one. They take a long time to do, as you could well yes, appreciate. Yes, I can imagine. Yeah. Even when I'm not sort of sitting around procrastinating doing something else, when I wholly devote myself to doing it, it still takes a long time. I do take it seriously as a form of expression. Yeah. Oh God, this sounds this this fine sounds with me. so yeah, it's pretentious as fuck, but it's yeah. Good it's, Lord. One of the things I notice about you uh, in your podcast is you're constantly stopping yourself from saying things that sound on the nose to you or um that sound But I say them anyway. You do. And well that's Exactly. So why stop yourself? But, but I hate myself for it. But you hate yourself for it. I, I think that's an interesting thing. There's a form of control going on there where you feel like you can't say something uh, inspirational or or positive. Positive, right? Just yeah. positive. Positivity is like uh, aesthetically unpleasing in the current world for some reason. And I, you know, one of the reasons I do narratively speaking is because. Uh, my popcorn lobotomy and all the other stuff I've ever done has all been negative and biting and edgy and I never say anything nice about anyone and I I say Gwyneth Paltrow is a slut and <laughs> think that's funny. And I do think that's funny, but then I thought, can I say something positive and still maintain some kind of self-respect? But we, you know, we're both doing voices, right? And one of the things I notice about your um, depression podcast, which is one of the ones that you've preserved. So I know it's important to you. Um, there's a point in that podcast where your voice changes and it becomes not your podcast voice, but your real voice. I don't know if you yeah. did it on purpose or, or not. I know the point. It's only happened once. It's only happened a handful of times. It's that, the only that time in the episodes modulation. that you've released yeah. that, I, that I've been able to detect. And it's extremely powerful that moment because that's the bit where you go, He's just switched to saying, talking as himself, seriously as himself. The editing disappears at that point. Uh, everything just becomes you, and you can you can hear it, right? So, um, the fact that we do podcast voices, I didn't know if you were doing a voice or not. Other than that, except that I heard when you stopped doing that voice. Yeah, and even in your life, I bet you do that podcast voice a little bit or some other version yeah, of it. Because, like so many. People, when they talk, they they have a, a voice that they immediately manifest because they want to conduct, you know, they want to communicate a certain way. Mm. When we were talking before, I don't think I sounded quite like this, did I? Not quite. No, I was talking just I was talking just as a plain old guy, but now that I'm aware I'm talking to people and I, I don't like it, it again seems a little bit disingenuous, but if I spoke the whole way through this interview – that I normally speak, I don't think it would be – I'm putting on a slight character. Even when I sit behind a microphone, even when I sit behind my Zoom recorder, like it's meant to be me. It's me. Yeah. I'm talking about my life and my things, what I reckon, and things that I think are good and, you know, how we bought a new car not long ago and I feel different when I drive it. Mm. I'm telling you stories from my life. Yeah. All the other prepared pieces with music and production and – and hopefully funny bits and serious bits. But I'm still putting on a slight voice because Because you I'm don't performing. believe yeah, you don't believe 
that your real voice is entertaining no, enough. No, that, that's that's a fair assumption. That's so, a fair observation. So that's that's where I'm sort of trying to what I'm trying to get at is that the fact that, and I've done less voices over time, right? So I started off doing an angry YouTube channel, which was I acknowledged when I started, not acknowledged, I designed it as a character because I didn't think me talking to a camera would be good enough, yeah. right? So it comes from a place of insecurity where I just didn't see how anyone could look at my stupid face and listen to my stupid voice, uh, even doing a movie review that's the best written thing in the world because I always had confidence in writing. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't see, I, no one would watch on YouTube. I knew that. So I did the crazy voice. I did the, the weird, uh, conspiracy rants and I did the, you know, and I listened to it now and I'm like, I'm hurting my own ears listening to this. Like, what was I thinking? But at the same time, it, a few people liked it. A few yeah, people like me doing that. You remember you're trying to deliver a message. I think that as soon as you put on any, you modulate your voice even slightly or you use a completely different voice, you can say things that you normally wouldn't. Yes. Okay. When you become another character, you know, in if you listen to Gerald Twint's Meister work, you can kind of see that. Again, we're peeling peeling some curtain layers back, but you can kind of see that I would never say things like that as myself. Can we have a listen? Go ahead. I've got it queued up, so let's have a listen to a bit. Oh, I hope you're feeling relatively pain free in the old joints the hips and the knees and so forth. I know from time to time that we all get a little bit of the old the old lumbago or arthritis in the old extremities. Nothing sordid or disgusting or unnatural about it at all. Don't let anyone tell you differently. It's just part of the aging process and perfectly acceptable. I think that's just beautiful, that. Because you've got your mind totally in that character, right? I know you've written it, so you had your mind in the character when you were writing it maybe, and you've got to have it in there. Like the way you even intone that is is just spot on for me. That comes from, I'm sure that it comes from a place of, that doesn't come from nowhere. The no. thing about the arthritis and the lumbago, you know, I've got a bad knee. Yeah. I know what it's like to wake up on a June morning and find it hard the, to walk. And There's layers there though. The the insecurity of, of having issues as you age being kind of perceived as disgusting and he, he kind of uh, deflects that in a way. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot of layers there. There's a lot of intelligence and insight into what it's like to be elderly, not just your age, elderly. I'd like to think it's all deliberate, but it, it's some of it's just a happy accident. I can't I can't take all the credit for it. My subconscious. It's, it's not an accident. It's something that comes from it's my within you. Yeah. yeah, my subconscious is smarter than or is more aware of something than than I sitting here am. Yeah, well, the, when you're imagining it, you're becoming that character, right? Like you're not just like when I was doing the reviews, I would actually get angry. I, yeah. I wasn't faking it. I was, I really hated Gwyneth Paltrow in those moments <laughs> way more than I care. Like I don't even really think about it during the day. If I did, you'd think it's some sort of weird obsession as opposed to a, a genuine disdain for the person. But when I was saying those words, I was believing it. Yeah. Of course you have to. What, how else do you have conviction if you're not in the space? And I've often found on the the occasions where I really, I really get into a character, I really do a voice or I'm in a sketch or something. I really do believe what I'm saying. Mm. And God, again, this sounds so self-indulgent, but I think I kind of have to, mm. if I'm trying to make it convincing, I really have to suddenly think that I'm a 75 plus year old man mm. and I'm, you know, having troubles with my live-in housekeeper or yeah. whatever it is. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm not, I'm not actually a performer like really by nature. I came to music fairly, uh, not late in life. I was 17 or something when I started it's not doing that music. Late, but yeah. it's, it's later than would be yeah. advisable. Mm. But I'm not, I'm not an actor of any stripe. I've never, you know, I've never done voiceover work of any, I've never done any real performance of that ilk. Yeah. Uh, but you could have this whole time probably. I, do, I don't know. I don't know. I'm certain you could have. Well, if anybody out, there, anybody you know, anybody out there's got a got a connection, you know, and just, cash, uh, yeah. and cash, yeah, <laughs> yeah, cash is more important. Yeah, mostly cash. I mean, art for art's sake and all, but you know, I need but to, yeah. I need to pay my bills. Too. Yeah, cash up, please. <laughs> yeah, I know it's, a, but if I mean, look at 
You say that like you're not a natural performer, but what is a natural performer? Oh, you're asking the wrong person. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, all I know is what I see, right? You look at someone like, um, have you ever seen Robert De Niro get interviewed on like a late night show or something? Your answer is probably no, because it's almost never happened. It never happens, yeah. Yeah. And when he does, he can't talk at all. Yeah. He speaks very little. And in fact, it got to the point, I think he did about three or four appearances. You can find them all on YouTube. They're quite fascinating, where he just sort of sits there and doesn't talk. And then he did, um, it wasn't Meet the Parents, but the sequel, Meet the, the Fockers. Fockers. And uh, he was with Dustin Hoffman, and Dustin Hoffman had to speak for him because it was getting so awkward and oh. and uh, it was it was uncomfortable. And then he was on, um, what's the guy who does The Late Show now? The, the really. Noah. No, no. The, the, oh, the late show. Yeah, Jimmy um, Kimmel. No, 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 no. Another that's one. yeah. I don't know. They're all it's too confusing. I anyway, watch, it was, I don't watch a lot of television, Harvey. No, me neither. That's why it's hard. I watch a lot of these things on YouTube, but uh, but only clips here and there. Um, I'll think of his name. But uh, he basically uh, he knew Robert De Niro's reputation, and he was the first one to just say, you know what. Let's just have a cocktail. And he he gets out a um, martini, puts an olive in it, gives it to him, and they just sit there silently sipping their cocktails and e eating the olive, and they say nothing. And it's it's a beautiful moment because, first of all, it acknowledges how ridiculous it is that yeah. someone like Robert De Niro, who goes on rants that last four minutes on film, can't put, string two words together he's an in real he's, life. He's an empty vessel. He's an empty vessel. So it, it does start getting weird when you start thinking about – you do characters and then you think you go back to yourself, but is yourself really just another character? Oh, wow. Yeah. You know? And and once you start thinking about these things, there's, there's a rabbit hole here. I don't know how far you're willing to go down that particular I'm, rabbit hole. I'm here for the day. But there's, and we've talked about it in the podcast before, it's it's nothing new, but you have this, uh, you know, these MK Ultra experiments yeah. that are the benchmark of all sort of uh, mind control conspiracy theories. And the whole principle behind that is creating multiple personalities. It's using trauma to shatter the core personality into multiple personalities. And then the new personas can be programmed and manipulated separately from the core persona. So you're not burdened with the beliefs and morals of the core persona. You can just create new ones like a Manchurian candidate, yeah. which is and, why they did the research. And I think the, the basic underlying theory too is that the more breaks you make in their psyche, the easier it is to program them? Or? Yeah, I think so. So the, the further layers you get away from the core personality, the less control yeah. that personality has. And you've, you, you know, you've recently, you've got movies like Split and, and um, what's the new one called? Glass, Glass yeah. which has a character that has dissociative identity disorder. Um, so it's, it's out there, you know, the information it's, it's exposed, so to speak. There is some controversy around whether that condition actually really exists in the real world. So it's not settled science or anything like that. But there have been some pretty notable cases. I think it's plausible, but mainly from the perspective that I know in my head I'm doing it all the time in a really mild way. So when I become the scathing review guy with the angry voice, I think I am that guy at the time. I don't think it's just pretending to I think be. You have to. Yeah. In in some way. Yeah. Otherwise, somehow. you're never going to be believable anyway. Well, that's right, but but it's not just pretending. I mean, I, you know, acting. They talk about you know. Um, there's a famous quote saying, uh, you know, someone was uh, acting and they're doing trying to get into character and they're doing the method acting where they're trying to actually access memories of their real life that would make him cry or whatever. And the old school actor comes up and says, "Why don't you try acting, dear boy?" Oh, you know, okay. and uh, you know, so it was, uh, some of these old school actors were able to just turn it on and off. And they weren't, they could cry, but they weren't actually feeling anything. Yeah. But I think modern acting, it wouldn't stand up anymore. You know, I think a lot of those like Orson Welles and guys like that, you watch their movies now and you go, mm, it is a little false. I mean, I know greatest actor of all time and all that, but eh, I can sort of see through it now. I'm not, you're not going to get me to say a bad word against Orson Welles because I thought he was a genius in, in many well, respects. But but he was a filmmaker as yeah. well, right? So he was a genius filmmaker. Yeah. But his, his acting, all of the acting in older movies is a little bit stiffer than we're used to today, right? I don't know what it is. I think it's just imagination, like you said mm -hmm. before, though, right? Because uh, if you grew up trying to be a writer, you're hearing the voices of the characters. You have to 
played out in your head. You're not performing them, but you're hearing them yeah. anyway. So if you can connect those two things. But then again, it could just be a form of schizophrenia that's undiagnosed, right? I mean, it could just be we're completely loopy and oh, our, no, I our, well, I know I am too, you know, that this. Do you now, think this? Are we making light of mental illness now? Is that what we're doing? No, 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 no. I would never do I that. Would never, no. Well, I, I did more than one episode about it, so I would never want to make light of it. But I think that's what, whatever brain chemistry irregularities happening in this old bonce of mine, I, I like to think it's relatively harmless. I could be doing lots of worse things than doing a podcast. I could, I could be enslaving humanity if I, <laughs> if I applied myself. That's always been my trouble. Well, like I said to Adam you before, I've work- always wanted to run a cult. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, it was always on my report cards, you know, is gifted but must work harder. So yeah, maybe for humanity's sake, maybe it's just as well that I didn't work harder and form a cult and take over you know, you, the Western suburbs. If you form one, let oh, me know. In, I'll, I'll, in, I'll join. Yeah, you're I'll going be, to be Grand Vizier of Well, if I get in nice and early, I can be oh, high in the hierarchy. Get, no, you've, you've got an automatic place, my friend. Oh, awesome. Thank you. It's reserved already. That's good to know. So vice versa, vice versa. Oh, lovely. Yeah, you can it's, be my right-hand man if I can get one going. Uh, but, yeah, I just think, you know, um, that there's a there's there's something psychological about creating characters. I really do. I, I, I don't know what it is, but – I find it really enjoyable for a start. It's almost a form of escapism. I was, about to, say, I was about to say therapy. That's what it was for me. Or therapy. Yeah. And being able to, like, I think you alluded to it before, being able to say things in a voice that you wouldn't say in your own voice, yeah. potentially. Um, although both of us believe in saying what we really think. So we are saying what we really think that we don't have courage to say, maybe. Well, it depends what the thing is, especially in this uh looking at through the lens of 2019 is it's very hard to say things sometimes Mm. uh, and it shouldn't be whether it's whether you're using a character or not. So I don't, there needs to be more of it. We need to, we need to say what we think Mm. we, and you know, if we need to hide behind a character to do it, it's not an ideal situation. Well, it's pretty fucked up that we think that we need (laughs) to do that. Yeah. Probably. A lot of things, uh, when I first started Popcorn Lobotomy, my interest was not so much, as I said, in the reviews. I had an interest in movies. I always have. Um, But it was the conspiracy rants that I did. And people would say to me, that came out of left field. That's really dumb. Uh, Why would you interrupt a good review with a conspiracy rant like that? And I'd say, I'll cut out anything you want, just not the rant. I would rather just do a channel of all rants. That's if I had my way. So if you want to want to ask me to cut things out, that's fine. But everything goes before the rant. Who's asking you to cut things out? I'd get lots of comments on that channel. Why do people think they have editing power over your... Well, it's a cultural thing now, isn't it? I mean, people watch uh, like the latest Avengers movie or whatever and go, that's not what I was expecting to happen in the version of the script that I wrote, oh, so gosh. I hated it. Yeah. You know, you look at the Star Wars, latest Star Wars movie, however you might feel about it. Uh, it did things that were fairly inventive. It um, certainly didn't do what everybody was expecting, and it got hatred for it. It's almost insane how much hatred that movie got. And look, I guess full disclosure, I was one of those people at Mm. first. I didn't really like the way it went, but I watched it again. Mm. Second time. Second second time. Second Mm. viewing always gives you a different perspective on, well, it doesn't have to be a Star Wars movie. It could be a podcast. It could be a TV show. It could be anything. Yeah. Give something a second listen if you're not sure. Mm. I have a rule of uh, three when I'm listening to something. Well, the box office must love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're guaranteed, guaranteed to get three tickets yeah, sold you will. at least. And you will because I'll give something, a, even if it's something I don't fundamentally agree with, I don't want to just shut myself off from it because I might want to hear a story. Mm. I might want to have my opinion, if not changed, What I want is to be convinced. I want you to convince me. If you're a storyteller, if you're trying to critique, if you're trying to give me an idea, if you're trying to critique me, if you're trying to, if you're just trying to convince me of something, I'll listen to you. I will, and if your case is good, I will go, hey, you make a good case. I won't Mm. just close down the shutters and go, you're saying something I don't agree with. Mm. Uh, You don't have a right to be heard. I would de-platform you if I could. Which I'm okay with because I, you know, I want to have a community around it and I want it to be a shared 
uh, ownership. I don't, I don't want this to be me spouting out opinions to eternity. The, the character thing, I've created a lot of characters now, um, and I think they're shields of some kind or they're defense mechanisms of some kind, which is interesting because when you go back to that kind of science of MKUltra and dissociative identity disorder and all those things, those personas are defense mechanisms in the brain. You know, that's why we do them. And, uh, you know, the core persona, I, I used to joke to my cousin about it on the, the, the old podcast that your core persona really is just a little pathetic, wimpy baby thing that just cries and feels and sitting there in the dark, you know, in a dark corner, uh, clutching its knees to its chest and rocking back and forth and not being able to deal with anything. And and that's your core persona. That's That's the thing that's always giving you, you know, oh, they criticized me or... You know, and and you fight against all that stuff by creating all these other aspects of yourself. Yeah. But when you do it publicly like this, it's it's another level. As I say, I I don't think it's schizophrenia, or anything even remotely like that. But there are parallels. It's making yourself vulnerable in the way that you. It takes a lot of guts to do it. I think, and again, mm. this is me kind of talking myself up a little bit, but. That's- Doing some, just doing something like that, recording it, producing it, and putting it out there in the big bad wide world for people to like or loathe or ignore, usually ignore. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. You put some, you put something of yourself out there. Every time I make an episode, I've made eighty, what eighty five episodes of podcasting or eighty six, whatever the hell it is, and you know one Gerald Twint and a couple of other ancillary episodes of uh, podcasting on Grata that don't have numbers. Every time I record something and I decide to publish it, I feel like I'm, I'm actually giving, I'm making myself a little bit more vulnerable because I'm always mm. trying to be honest. And we've sort of gone back to honesty in, in performing and podcasting. And but isn't performing as a character inherently dishonest? See, this is the thing that constantly tears me apart is if I want to give an honest opinion or a message or just a piece of myself, why do I have to do it as a character? Well, why you don't. Can't? You don't. It's just a choice you make. But I couldn't physically do it. I'm starting to get to a point where I can now. It's been years. Yeah. The In the, in the most recent episode of Popcorn Lobotomy, I have a little clip at the end of me doing a test screening of reading a review of Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, right? which uh, is terrible, right? I, pl- I showed that to a couple of people and they said, don't start the YouTube channel until you get better. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't. I started about three years later, I right. think it was. I took that to heart, but I didn't try again. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's inherently dishonest. I know that because people get upset, not from this podcast and not from the previous podcast. And I was doing my own voice uh, or a version of it. But when I would do things that are fake in Popcorn Lobotomy, I'd get hate comments all the yeah, time. People have a, an amazing way of sort of filtering out the bogus, any inherent bogusness. And I like to think I'm fairly good at it because I've been listening to podcasts a long time and I've, yeah. you know, cast aside many of the more popular ones that I feel have lost the track or whatever. Uh, we all do that in some way though, don't we? We all hate being conned. Mm, that's right. If you said to me, a thing, you know, you just said something as yourself. Mm. Okay. It could be, it could be the most objectionable thing. Okay. And, but if you really meant it, I, I can tell. Mm. And if usually, if it's a joke, it'll come across as well. But if you can deliver a message in such a way that you make people think for a minute, is this guy for real? Mm. The fact that you've put doubt in someone's mind, people can hate you for it. Mm. And, that's that's why doing a character, it feels it feels like lying. It feels like you're conning someone. But sometimes I've got no other way to express myself. Mm. When I did Gerald Twint, not that I've done it that much, but I feel like I can talk about my fear of getting older, mm. my my inherent distrust of authority or, mm. or or whatever. But I can couch it in Gerald's voice and his vocabulary. Mm. And am I being Am I being that dishonest? No, I don't think you are, but I, but I think somehow it gets perceived that way sometimes. 
Humor is another good example. So using a character is one way you can uh, have an excuse. If you say something that people find objectionable, you can say, I was speaking as the character. So yeah. that doesn't necessarily, I don't necessarily okay. love Hitler like I said I did. <laughs> but yeah, which, by the way, dear viewers, uh, our friend Adam did say before. <laughs> I did. As, essentially. Oh, good Lord. I won't stitch him up because we won't have time for him to defend, defend himself. But um, yeah, but humor is another one. So you mask things in humor. We both do this, by the way. So I, I can't be criticizing you without criticizing myself. But this is something that I, can I just talk seriously for five minutes? Yeah. Say what I really believe? And there's a, a popcorn lobotomy video. Again, I hate that. So big, no, big out my own Go channel ahead. all the time, but it's been such a big part of my yeah. life. Uh, as a learning experience, at least. Um, there's one video where I do the conspiracy rant in, is it my voice? In an emotional version of my voice, even, where I talk about, I hate this agenda that people are trying to get humanity to hate itself. I can't fucking stand this idea that we should see ourselves as a plague on the planet or a yeah. virus or whatever. And you hear it all the time in popular culture. And I did that in my own voice and I got a comment on it that said, uh, I don't know if you're being serious or funny, yeah. but that was fucking hilarious. Yeah. See? And I felt like replying and saying, you know, fuck you, dude, that I've really put my heart and soul into that. And then I thought, no, no, he should engage with it in any way that he likes. If he thinks that's a joke, then that means my ideas are ridiculous to him. And that should be okay. That should be okay. It hurts a bit, but it should be okay. And I, there really was no way to know. Like there was, it's out of left field. There's no, no way to know really when you see that review that halfway through I'm just going to start ranting about yeah. something I really believe in for the first time ever, yeah. you know, and other people responded exactly how I wanted. So like I say, you can't help, you can't really help other people's interpretation. Humor obviously requires some form of interpretation. Mm. And if you can, if you can just assuming you can deliver a humorous thought the way you intended it, if you can do that, it's on them. Mm. If you can't, like I'm having trouble delivering the sentence, if you, <laughs> if you can't deliver it the way you intend it and you're not articulate enough, then it's on you. It's, mm -hmm. it's their job. It's, it's your audience's job to make sure they know what you're saying That's as right. long as you can say it. And in a lot of ways, they learn your language, right? They yeah. learn your quirks, your beliefs over time. So YouTube's a terrible place for that because yes, a lot of people just see one video and then move on yeah. and they don't get the whole continuous story. And as I said, there's a story through the whole thing. Yeah. I know it's not going to get views. I, I just don't care. I just want to finish the story. Yeah. I'm so compelled to finish that story. I've, I will finish it. There will be an ending to the channel. It's again, I'll say, I'll kind of say this, but in a different way, it's not your job to help the audience get you. Do you think if a director makes a movie and it's not popular and he says the audience is stupid, how do you feel about that? Oh, okay. Director? Yeah, you naturally feel insulted. Yeah. You just say to the director, no, you didn't communicate well. You know, so it's it depends what side of the fence you come from, right? When you are a creator, you go, everyone should get me, but really, or they should pay more attention, or yeah. they should think more yeah. about it, or realize that there's something behind it. But you didn't tell them that really. No, well, okay. if they didn't get it, you didn't tell them, or you didn't. You didn't factor in; they're not going to spend yeah, as much time of on course, it. Of course, you yeah. know. So there's stuff that you can always do if you're the storyteller to make the story clear. But I don't know. That maybe you're not interested in doing it. I'm not. Well, doesn't that fall the under time? the aegis of making sure they have all the information at hand mm. and being, as I'll say again, eloquent and inclusive, and performing it and correctly. Performing it correctly. Yeah. So it comes back to that, I guess. But then you know when you've got multiple personality disorder like we, do. <laughs> like we do. You're performing it correctly as so many different people. You might lose track of yourself yeah. eventually. Yeah. I, I think uh, we should finish talking about um, consciousness because if personality can be fragmented into multiple segments, what does that tell you about consciousness itself? Does that threaten you, that idea, as far as you want to think of yourself as a integrated single self and entity does that sound weird to you is it a weird question no it's not a weird question at all i think it's i think it should be <laughs> that idea of a shared consciousness mm. i think it's if not mandatory it certainly helps it helps explain a lot of things in life it helps explain a lot of things in 
I don't know about your life, but my life. You're talking about a collective consciousness yeah, a collective, that we all share. a shared experience. Yeah. I think that that's the only way a lot of life makes sense sometimes. Mm. Because if we aren't all experiencing each other subjectively from different points of view or whatever uh, Pat uh, definition you want to use, mm. if we aren't, then quite frankly, what's the point of interacting with each other? What's the point of life? Well, how do we decide what to focus on? How do we decide to re- what to how to relate to each other? Because you know, you, you okay, you could sit down, you could just watch Netflix for the rest of your life. Yeah. Well, you couldn't because I you wouldn't be going to work, and, yeah, and and then you would just die from not yeah, eating from eventually. So what I mean is though, you could go through the motions, and that could be the thing that you do with the time that you have. Who wants available. to do that? That's that's my point. Who wants to live like that? A lot of people are doing it. Well, that and is listening unfortunately to toss like, true. like us. <laughs> yeah. it, that is unfortunately true, and I, I wish that weren't the case. And if, yeah. if you are doing that, by the way, you're probably not listening to this, but if you are doing that and by some miracle you are listening to this, you know, quite frankly, wake the fuck up. Yeah. I do wonder what's happening on The Walking Dead now that I've left it I behind. haven't watched The Walking Dead, so I, I'm one of those people that's not watched it because I'm not really a horror slash zombie kind of guy. And maybe you understand that there's something more to life than watching The Walking Dead. Look, it's fine if that's a, how you want, how you or anyone listening to this wants to. I'm not. I'm not ragging on it. I am. Yeah, but you watched it. You can. No, no. I think I. I don't think watching The Walking Dead necessarily is a bad thing. I'm ragging on. I think people have a responsibility to share their story. Yeah. And I think if you all you do is go through life and have experiences that you never share with anybody. And you never put yourself out there and you never show an emotion or, a, you know, even just sharing stories around the water cooler at work, as artificial as that can be most of the time. Yeah. Just say something honest to somebody because I think, and you may not agree with this, but the collective consciousness that you speak of is not uh, some kind of mystical net of tele telepathic energy. No, I, I never said it was that. No, no, I, that's why I said it. you may or may not uh, agree with that. But I think it's a physical, uh, tangible thing that happens when we connect with each other, even on an individual basis, or if we put something out that reaches a hundred people or five people or, you know, or Joe yeah, Rogan those, number those of people. numbers hurt. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> this one, who knows? Who knows how many? Hey, we might combine it's, our two audiences and get a hundred views. It's not a hundred, my friend. Yeah. But I think there's, I don't think it's unfair to tell people they do have somewhat of a responsibility in life to make their life worth something. And if that's all we do, I'll value it. Yeah. You know, you'd value it. And I think um, the only thing that stops people is not a desire. They don't value their own experience enough. That's only because a lot of us are just trying to live life and parent our kids and work and keep our jobs and be slaves to the, you know, the hidden corporate system (laughs) we talked about before. And I I get that. I understand. I'm a working guy too. Yeah. I work. But in my case, I needed to put myself out there in some way, even if it was just badly recorded audio in my car Mm. at first. I needed to have an outlet to reach out because someone someone related to it. Yeah. And one person's enough, right? Well, I'd love a few more. Yeah. But well, yeah, we'll see we'll see about that. My only fan hates you, so <laughs> <laughs> Well, hopefully this has changed their mind because I'm not I I'm not so such too. a bad guy. We can name Jessica if no, she's don't listening. Do, oh, no, don't we do can. that. We can, because it, it's an elephant in the room type of thing. I know she's not physically here. She, first of all, she may hate me for having you on if she maintains her hatred we, for you. But we can't help that. You know, well, I've only got one fan yeah. left. So, But yeah, no, Jessica's a, a kind soul. I, I was a bit surprised about uh, how sharp her tongue can be. I was also impressed by how cutting her comments were. I thought she well, did very well if her, yeah. if her goal was to, to destroy someone's soul. I think she did a great job of putting together words that would do that. Um, but she didn't understand context, right? She didn't understand where you're coming from. I'm a pretty hard guy to, well, I'm a pretty easy guy to get along with. I'm a pretty hard guy to understand. I like to, th- I like to think. Oh, cause you're so complex. I'm very, com- I'm so <laughs> yeah, I'm really complex. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I eat, sleep and crap just like everybody else. I'm oh, just a shit. little bit. 
Oh, let me. Oh, there's, there's some I'm technology sur- that, that makes that redundant. Surgery now. next week. I didn't, <laughs> yeah, didn't right. really want to break it on the on the podcast here, but now well, it's done. It's announced now. Yeah. All right. I'm having some sort. No. <laughs> I'm just. I'm. I'm just a guy. I'm just an idiot. I'm just. A, I'm mm. just muddling my way through this thing we call life, and mm. that's a core tenet of my podcast. I'm. I don't really know anything in particular except, you know, obscure facts about the, you know, the early Roman Republic. That's that's about what I, and you know. Well, and, don't undervalue those facts. They're quite you important. Know, I mean, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not any kind of, I was going to say genius, but I haven't, you know, I don't have a tertiary education. Mm. I, you know, I finished high school. That's about it. Well, when picking the category for this podcast, I was looking at um, entertainment, philosophy, and humor. Mm. And I just picked humor and it's not even a funny podcast, but I couldn't pick philosophy. No, no, <laughs> I just felt like yes. I am not a yeah, philosopher. No, no. You know, that's, that's like Messiah or something yeah. to me. I'm not like, prepared to wear that hat. No, but, but your podcast is philosophical as, as is yeah. this one, I guess, in a sense. Sometimes where, accidentally. Yeah, that's right. You stumble across philosophy. I mean, I, I still tell the occasional dick joke, you know, or I still yeah. say something very, very embarrassing about myself, especially early on mm. because I had to, find something to latch on to. Yeah. And yeah, I, I talked about all sorts of stupid crap mm. way, way early on, but I've gotten past that a little bit and I'm trying to be a little bit more thoughtful about what I do. I'll still make the odd stupid joke. Well, a lot of your podcast is discussing. Jokes. It is, but it's also discussing the podcast and criticizing your own dick jokes. See, that's from viewed from a certain angle. That is so unbelievably indulgent. I guess you it, put it could like be seen that way. I enjoy that aspect of it quite a lot, though, because you've got layers of self-depreciation yeah. built oh, yeah. into the entire oh, thing. Yeah. And uh, it, some, sometimes I just, you know, I, I get annoyed by that and I just go, I just want to hear you say something. Stop talking about what you're going to say and just say it. Yeah, yeah, I do. You know, you do, you do self-comment a lot, but it's also the charm of the podcast. So if you did cut it out, I don't know if I would be glad that I got yeah, my wish. It, I understand how that's annoying because I do – I do kind of the thing I've kind of cut other podcasts off from my listening schedule mm. to I've become what I hate in a way, in a, <laughs> in a, in a, in a tiny, tiny slip of a tiny well, little. you should leave yourself a negative review. Should, well, I've, <laughs> I might just do that. Yeah. It takes a while, I think, to get to a point where you genuinely don't care if anyone's listening. I, yeah. think, I think that's difficult. In fact, it probably never goes away 100%. Um, but the journey for me, uh, originally when you start your YouTube channel or your podcast, you want it to become your full-time job and you want it to, uh, you know, get yeah. you off the treadmill yeah. and all these things. And it takes a long time before your soul is squashed and, and uh, you know, your, your spirit is trodden to the point where you understand that's never going to fucking happen. Do you know how long it takes? Uh, for me, it's been about five years. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. About five years, probably a bit longer. It's not that I don't care what people think. And I don't, I don't, for a long time, I got really, really on myself about why aren't more people listening or why isn't this become a bigger thing? And then I just let it go. Yeah. It took a little bit of time, but I, I let it go. Yeah. Because you can't, uh, th- that way madness lies. Yeah. Okay. I really got on myself in a big way. And I, I even went so far as to change the the tone of the podcast because at one point I did try and change it to become more popular. How'd that go? Surprisingly, it didn't work. Hmm. So you tried to become what you thought your audience that wasn't there only, yet. Only briefly. Yeah. And I'm, I, I'm glad I did it in a way because I wanted to see what my podcast shouldn't be. Mm. And I'm glad I did it. Please know. tell me which episodes no, they are. No, I want to hear those first. You can work it out yourself. <laughs> All right. I'll make a guess when I listen to your okay, entire cool. 80, 80 episode yeah, back catalogue. Yeah. It's going to take me a while to work through it's it all, by the way. It's a long time. Because I, I can't ignore Russell Brand while I'm doing oh. it. I, you know, if he releases something, I'm still Look, going to give him priority. You know, did I tell you about the, the guy from Canada before? I don't Who, think so. Oh, the, a guy from you Canada. You mentioned it and yeah, I don't think you told the story. A guy from Canada a couple of years ago heard me on another podcast and said, oh, I like the way you express yourself. Do you have pod- You have your own podcast. Mm. I would be interested in listening to all of it. And, you know, at that time I was about 60-something episodes in. So, it was, yeah, a couple of years ago. Mm. So I, you know, I burnt them all onto a thumb drive. Mm-hmm. 
uh, not burnt. Oh, how old do I sound? I, I burnt them onto an acetate <laughs> cylinder. Onto a uh, video disc. <laughs> <laughs> onto an Edison wax cylinder. I on. believe they call them laser discs. <laughs> so I copied them all onto a, a USB, sent them to Canada. It costs, uh, at the time, it cost, well, wow, $6. Big deal. Okay, massive Still, expense. it's an investment. And then I never heard anything from the guy again. Oh, really? And that really hurt. <laughs> yeah, that would hurt a bit. I get that. You like, put in an effort. Like I'm, I'm just just relating that story. I've got a pang and, of and something. Immediately in your head, you start creating a story about how he listened and he was disappointed, yeah. and then he couldn't face the idea of telling you that he didn't really like it, and none of that stuff it may be true. He actually got hit anything. by lightning, yeah. and uh, and is now deceased. Yeah, that's probably what happened. I'm, I combed Canadian papers, obituary columns for, I don't know, about six months to see this guy's name. Yeah. Uh, never oh, uh, maybe he just lost his job and then he couldn't afford internet anymore just before. So it got cut off just before while he was writing the email to you saying how good it was. <laughs> and then now he's on the streets yeah. and drinking methylated spirits. Yeah. Strain through a sock. Yeah, see, when possible. we don't have a piece of information, what do we do immediately? We invent we, a story. We invent, usually, if you're anything like me, you invent the worst possible scenario. Well, it depends on how confident you are about the particular thing, right? Well, it's me you're talking to here. Remember that thing I said before about my what I'm like as a parent? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I always, I'm in many ways, I'm kind of a glass half empty kind of guy. Yeah. And look, Australia Post isn't the best. Maybe it didn't even get to him. Yeah, Did you ever it. think blame of that, the Adam? post office? Yeah. yeah, blame the post office. The point is, there's a thousand things that could have it happened. It could have been yeah. any one of a potential limitless array of things that could have happened. Yeah. But immediately, what did my mind do? Oh, God. Because the first it. 20 episodes or so are kind of rough. Mm. Okay. We, we've speak, we speaked. We've spoken. We've been did you speaking, say that in the first oh, episode? <laughs> yeah, I probably did. <laughs> I can't remember. But we've spoken a lot about character. Yeah. And Early on, I actually had different characters. I had, well, you. I don't want to. Spoiler pre- alert. Yeah. No, mm. I'll, you'll hear them. And I had different characters. One of them was my my own psyche. Uh, and you'll pick which one that is. Uh, and in, again, fairly early, there was a sort of side podcast that wasn't a podcast. It was kind of an extra thing mm. at the end that was kind of me in, uh, I, I just, I just seen the movie Sucker Punch. Oh yeah. So it was me in a in Salem. It's another Island. multiple personality type. Yeah, yeah. See, and it was it was me having conversations with uh, anthropomorphized version of my uh, my Zoom recorder called okay. Tripod Leg. I did that, that in character. my first episode. Yeah. I spoke to the microphone yeah. like it was a person, and I had that. But um, what happened was, and the reason it doesn't really happen anymore is once I found out about my own, uh, how shall I term this, uh, uh, my brain chemistry mm. uh, problems. Yeah, mm. okay, d- let's call it what it is. Let's you don't want to de- call it mental health? Mental health, we'll call it depression. We'll call it whatever it needs to be called. Yeah. The thing that makes me need to take pills. Mm. Uh, once I found out about that, I sort of felt that I was mocking mental illness, so I had to really go, I can't do this anymore, but I really like that character. That's really interesting that you felt all that happened was that you were diagnosed. It yeah. wasn't that your personality had changed, changed or your yeah. brain had changed or yeah. anything. A doctor told you, you know, uh, you have a mental health issue yeah. and you will be taking these pills. And once you accepted that, you couldn't joke about mental illness See, uh, Again, mm. we've done, well, I did exactly what I hate it when people do is think they can't talk about a thing. Yeah. I can't address it in some way. It was actually one of the things when I was listening to your, your um, it was 52 episode, yeah. right? Um, that, that frustrated me a bit that you kept saying, I, I can't joke about it or I'm not going to make light of it or whatever. And I, 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 in my head, just kept saying, why not? It was a, in fact, you've earned it. Well, if, look, it was a decision I made at the time. And I don't know if I recorded, if I did that episode again or that the type of episode again today, I, I don't think I'd do it the same way. I did a, um, Oh, I, 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 listen to me. That's I'm what so, you're here I'm for. I'm so messianic. I didn't bring you on to talk about me. I did a later episode. Unless you want to. I look, mind. I mean. <laughs> <you're>, <laughs> let's get back to Jeremy Renner. No? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I did an episode later on, episode 64, mm. for those playing at home. It was basically the sequel to that, but it was, it was a play. I, you might like it, you might not. Mm. And it was me uh, dealing with, uh, well, okay, in episode 52, the one you have heard. Mm. 
I discover the, you know, the demon dog within mm-hmm. thing, uh, anthropomorphizing anyone. But yeah, created another and then, character. Yeah. Again, I came back to it in episode 64. So it's kind of the logical sequel to that. Does he do anything more than bark this time? Uh, yes. Did you give him a voice? And it, uh, Yeah. Yeah, there you go. See, yeah. I, Studio, I already know what you're going to do with it. Okay. Yeah, I gave it a voice. Yeah. And then what I did in an amazing act of symbolism, I had a, uh, I had that tripod legs character come back. Mm. Okay. And what I did was have tripod legs, who was an aspect of my personality, uh, essentially destroy. That, that's the one that thinks you have a big dick, right? <laughs> No. We got a dick joke no. in. I just wanted to get one. Please continue. It's very serious. I'm above making dick jokes now. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a serious character podcaster. No. Uh, anyway, long story even longer. I had that character come in and do battle with the other character. It's an amazing, it's not quite a, uh, a what's it called when you have something drop from the clouds? Uh, ex machina. That's mm. ex machina. Not quite that, but close. And well, what I had very was very sucker punchian. Yes, amazing. I believe it? that's a term. That's that's the term I'm going to use from mm. now on, even if I'm not talking about. That's because Zack Snyder is a very important filmmaker. Zack Snyder. Uh, let's not get into him. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mind Batman versus Superman, but that's another thing. Yeah, um, it wasn't his worst. It was okay. Yeah. It was okay. Yeah, I don't want to ruin too much of it, but that's what happened. So again, it's I'm using characters as you know, one-dimensional as they probably are, mm. I'm having them fight out a battle on my behalf. That's kind of it's kind of a therapy. Yeah, I agree. And I think exercising that muscle, given that the ability to conjure identities in your own mind is essentially, I think, most of the time a defensive mechanism to protect yeah. your core personality, I think what we're doing is, in a sense, a workout for that mechanism. If, uh, in fact, we do need it sometime in the future. If yeah. And uh, you never know, trauma could be around the corner and we need to protect ourselves from that. You'll talk like Gerald Quint. <laughs> I'll talk like Reginald yeah. Goodstock. And uh, we'll sit on a porch yeah, somewhere with, with some Hunter travel Dory. rugs. Yeah, that's some right. nice vivos. <laughs> Absolutely. Talking about the latest racing results from, I don't know, Mooney Valley or something. And while we're doing that, everybody else will be shitting their pants because they haven't developed any characters to cope with yeah. the end of the world. Defence mechanisms are a wonderful thing. Absolutely. Uh, if you know how to use them. <laughs> if you have them engaged all the time, though, it uh, it makes it hard to relate to anybody. and yeah. it can. And I, I know of where I speak with this because it nearly it nearly cost me my marriage at one point. Really? Because well, you were going around talking uh, like Gerald? No, no. That's It's just that I, a bit I, weird I, I, put, in I just put it. <laughs> <laughs> by weird, do you mean hot, you gerontophile you? I like it. Okay. <laughs> You're the minority. <laughs> but I'm not your wife, <laughs> regrettably. But anyway, uh, I put up too many shields at one point. Yeah. And that's when you realize, well, hang on. You need to deal with this in the right way. And that's when, that's, there's a place for Gerald because if you don't have him or you don't have any character or you don't have anything, you're just going to put up shutter after shutter after shutter and just get behind that shield and you're not going to let anything in. And that's no way to live. Mm. If, if me putting on a stupid voice and talking into a Zoom recorder if that's the if that's the only thing I'm doing, I'm not hurting anybody. You know, I'm not I'm not going around telling people what they should think. There's certainly worse ways I could be spending my time. Mm-hmm. And sure, it's just a minor niche little podcast that a few people listen to and seem to dig. But the ones that do, we love it. And the ones that do, I'm I'm grateful for because they they do love it. Mm-hmm. I'd, I've said before, I'd rather have a few who mm-hmm. are really into it and are ride or die and will stay with you. Mm. than thousands and thousands who could just take it or leave it. Well, as I said before, you've got an awesome community of like-minded people making jokes on Facebook. You've lit up my Facebook, even with <laughs> some of your fans just commenting on crap that I'm doing. You know? Yeah, do we need to name check them at all? Up to you. Yeah, Go yeah. for it if you like. Uh, no, I don't want to start hauling off the names of people, but yeah. they know who they are, and one of them is chiefly responsible from for or for even me 
even being here because they pulled some strings. Yes. Uh, deceptive. We know us. what you did. We know what you did, you bus driving, <laughs> reclining yank you, you sneaky bastard. And I'm glad you did. By yeah. The way. Well, you got your episode. I hope you're happy. Yeah. I should just play the music there. That'd it's- be funny. <laughs> You want to go with the abrupt ending? That's quite funny. Yeah, that's the best. I'm I'm okay with that. Just Monty Python it and don't give a shit. (laughs) 